Okay, we're gonna go over asses and bases uh, again uh, as part of our analyzing organic reactions section. This is a little bit of a longer section, I think. So let's get right into it. So um, a Lewis acid is an electron acceptor in the formation of a covalent bond. They tend to be electrophiles. They have vacant p orbitals where they can accept an electron pair or even positively or are positively polarized atoms. A Lewis base is an electron donor in the formation of a covalent bond. They also tend to be nucleophiles and they have a lone pair of electrons that can be donated and they're often anions carrying a negative charge. When they interact, they form coordinate covalent bonds, uh, which are bonds in which both electrons in the bond came from the same starting atom. In a Bronsted-Lowry definition, an acid is in a species that can donate a, donate a proton, and a base is a species that can accept one, and some molecules like water have the ability to act as either Bronsted-Lowry acids or bases, making them amphoteric. Water can act as an acid by donating its proton to a base, and thus becoming its conjugate base. And it can also act as a base by accepting a proton from an acid to become its conjugate acid. And... The acid dissociation constant, or Ka, measures the strength of an acid in solution. Uh, in the dissociation of an acid HA, the equilibrium constant is Ka equals concentration of H plus times concentration of A minus over HA concentration, and pKa is calculated as negative log of Ka. So the more acidic molecules will have a smaller pKa, or even negative, and more basic will have a larger pKa. Acids with a pKa below negative 2 are considered strong acids which dissociate completely in aqueous solutions, and we have pKa between negative 2 and 20. And so some values for some common functional groups. So for alkanes, it's about 50. For alkenes, it's about 43. For hydrogen, it's about 42. For amine, it's about 35. Alkyne, 25. Ester, 25. Ketone aldehyde, 20 to 24, alcohol, 17, water, 16, carboxylic acid, 4, and hydronium ion, negative 1.7. And then if you reverse that, that's how the bases are. So bond strength decreases down the periodic table, and acidity therefore increases, and the more electronegative an atom, the higher the acidity. When these two trends oppose each other, the low bond strength takes precedence. Uh, the alpha hydrogens of carbonyl compounds deserve a special note because they are connected to the alpha carbon, which is a carbon adjacent to the carbonyl. Because the enol form of a carbonyl containing carbon ion is stabilized by resonance, these are acidic hydrogens that are easily lost. Um, and we can also apply acid-base rules directly to functional groups, so the ones that act as acids include alcohols, aldehydes, and ketones at the alpha carbon, carboxylic acids, and most derivatives. Um, they're easier to target with basic or nucleophilic reactants because they readily accept a lone pair. And then amines and amides are the main functional groups that act as bases and look at them for look out for them in peptide bonds and they can easily form coordinate covalent bonds by donating a lone pair to a Lewis acid. So now we're going to get into nucleophiles, electrophiles, and leaving groups. Uh, nucleophiles are nucleus-loving species with either lone pairs or pi bonds that can form new bonds to electrophiles. Um, they have a similar definition to basicity. They tend to be good bases. The distinction is that nucleophile strength is based on relative rates of a reaction with a common electrophile and is a kinetic property. Base strength is related to equilibrium position of a reaction and it's a thermodynamic property. And as long as the nucleophilic atom is the same, the more basic the nucleophile, the more reactive it is. And this holds when we compare atoms in that same row of the periodic table, but not when we proceed down. 
Uh, nuclear felicity is determined by four major factors. So charge, it increases with increasing electron density or more negative charge. Electronegativity, nuclear felicity decreases as it increases because these atoms are less likely to share electron density. Steric hindrance, bulkier, 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 oh, bulkier molecules are less nucleophilic. And then solvent, protic solvents can hinder nucleophilicity by protonating the nucleophile or through hydrogen bonding. And the solvent consideration is worth spending more time on. So polar protic solvents have nucleophilicity increasing down the periodic table. In polar aprotic solvents, nucleophilicity increases up the periodic table. And some examples are protic solvents can hydrogen bond, so like carboxylic acids, waters, alcohols, and aprotic solvents can't hydrogen bond, so like acetone, dimethylformamide, dimethyl sulfoxide, yada yada. Halogens are good examples of the effects of the solvent on nucleophilicity, so for protic solvents, uh, they decrease in the order of iodide, bromide, chloride, fluoride, because the protons in solution will be attracted to the nucleophile. Um, and it will form bonds with the protons in the solution, and it will be less able to access the electrophile to react. And then in aprotic solvents, the nucleophilicity decreases in the order of fluoride, chloride, bromide, iodide, and that's because there's no protons to get in the way of the attacking nucleophile. So in aprotic solvents, nucleophilicity relates directly to basicity. And Because charged molecules are polar by nature, a polar solvent is required to dissolve the nucleophile as well because like dissolve likes. We don't use nonpolar solvents because our reactants are polar, they wouldn't dissolve. Um, so examples of strong nucleophiles are like uh, OH minus, OR minus, CN minus, or I'm sorry, HO minus, RO minus, CN minus, and N3 minus. Uh, and then weak nucleophiles are like H2O, ROH, RCOOH. And amine groups also tend to make good nucleophiles. Electrophiles are electron-loving species with a positive charge or positively polarized atom that accepts an electron pair when forming new bonds with a nucleophile. And this brings to mind Lewis acid. So this distinction is that electrophilicity is a kinetic property and acidity is a thermodynamic property. So all most electrophiles will act like Lewis acids and a greater degree of positive charge increases electrophilicity. So carbocation is more electrophilic than a carbonyl carbon. And then the nature of the leaving group influences electrophilicity in species without empty orbitals, so better leaving groups make it more likely that a reaction will happen if empty orbitals are present and incoming nucleophile can make a bond with the electrophile without displacing the leaving group. And alcohols, aldehydes, and ketones and carboxylic acids and their derivatives can act as electrophiles and make good targets for nucleophilic attack. Um, carboxylic acid derivatives are ranked, so anhydrides are the most reactive, then carboxylic acids and esters, and then amides. So the derivatives of higher reactivity can form derivatives of lower reactivity, but not vice versa, similar to acid-base reactions. So then we have leaving groups. They're the molecular fragments that retain the electrons after heterolysis. So heterolytic reactions are essentially the opposite of the coordinate covalent bond formation. A bond is broken and both electrons are given to one of the two products. The best leaving groups will be able to stabilize the extra electrons. Weak bases are more stable uh, with an extra set of electrons and therefore make good leaving groups. And by this logic, the conjugate bases of strong acids tend to make good leaving groups. And leaving group ability can be augmented by resonance and by inductive effects from electron withdrawing groups. And these help delocalize and stabilize negative charge. Uh, then alkanes and hydrogen ions will almost never serve as leaving groups because they are very reactive, strongly basic anions. 
And we can think of leaving groups and nucleophiles as serving opposite functions. So in substitution reactions, the weaker base or leaving group is replaced by the stronger base or nucleophile. So nucleophilic substitution reactions are the perfect examples for demonstrating these. Uh, in both SN1 and SN2, a nucleophile forms a bond with a substrate carbon and a leaving group leaves. So unimolecular nucleophilic substitution reactions, or SN1, contain two steps. The first step is the rate-limiting step in which the leaving group leaves, generating a positively charged carbocation. Nucleophile then attacks the carbocation, resulting in the substitution product, and we can look at that mechanism. Um, the more substituted the carbocation, the more stable it is because the alkyl groups act as electron donors, stabilizing the positive charge, and because the formation of the carbocation is the rate-limiting step, the rate of the reaction depends only on the concentration of the substrate. So rate equals K times RL in brackets, where RL is an alkyl group containing a leaving group. This is a first-order reaction, so anything that accelerates the formation of the carbocation will increase the rate of an SN1 reaction. And because it passes through a planar intermediate before the nucleophile attacks, the product will usually be racemic, and the incoming nucleophile can attack the carbocation from either side, so that results in varied stereochemistry. For SN2 reactions, which are bimolecular nucleophilic substitution reactions, there's only one step. The nucleophile attacks the compound at the same time as the leaving group leaves, and it's a concerted reaction. Uh, it's called bimolecular because the single rate-limiting step involves two molecules. The nucleophile actively displaces the leaving group in a backside attack, so the nucleophile must be strong and the substrate cannot be sterically hindered. So the less substituted the carbon, the more reactive it is in SN2. Uh, and the single step involves two reacting species, the substrate, which is usually an alkyl halide, tosylate or mesylate, and the nucleophile. So the concentrations of both have a role in determining the rate, so K times concentration of nucleophile times RL concentration. SN2 reactions are accompanied by an inversion of relative configurations, so the position of substituents around the substrate carbon will be inverted. If the nucleophile and leaving group have the same priority in their respective molecules, the inversion will also correct, correspond to a change in absolute configuration from R to S or vice versa. And this is an example of a stereospecific reaction, so where the configuration of the reactant determines the configuration of the product due to the reaction mechanism. Next, we're going to go over redox again, like we did in the last um, season. So oxidation state is an indicator of the hypothetical charge of an atom uh, if all bonds were completely ionic, it can be calculated from the molecular formula of a molecule. Um, so methane, the carbon has an oxidation of negative 4 because the hydrogens each have an oxidation state of 1. This is the most reduced form. Um, so then we go to carboxylic acids, which are more oxidized than aldehydes, ketones, and imines, and are more oxidized than alcohols, alcohol halides, and amines. So we won't need to know too much about how to assign oxidation states, but we should know the definition of oxidation and reduction. So oxidation refers to an increase, which means a loss of electrons. Uh, it's increasing the number of bonds to oxygen or other heteroatoms besides carbon and hydrogen. Reduction refers to a decrease in oxidation state or a gain in electrons, so it's easier to view it as increasing the number of bonds to hydrogen. So um, oxidizing, the oxidizing agent is the element of or compound in an oxidation reduction reaction that accepts an electron from another species. And because the oxidizing agent is gaining electrons, it's said to be reduced, and the good ones have a high affinity for electrons, so like O2, O3, and Cl2, um, or unusually high oxidation states, so like Mn7+, uh, MnO4-, Cr6+, and CrO4-2-. Primary alcohols can be oxidized by one level to become aldehydes or can be further oxidized to form carboxylic acids, which proceeds all the way to carboxylic acid when using strong oxidizing agents like chromium trioxide. 
uh, or sodium or potassium dichromate, but it can be made to stop at the aldehyde level using specific reagents such as pyridium, pyridinium chlorochromate or PCC. Secondary alcohols can be oxidized to ketones. And then um, oxidation reactions just tend to feature an increase in the number of bonds to oxygen, and oxidizing agents often contain metals bonded to a large number of oxygen atoms. So you can organize the different functional groups by levels of oxidation. So level 0 with no bonds to heteroatoms are alkanes. Level 1 is alcohols, alpha halides, and amines. Level 2 is aldehydes, ketones, and amines. Level 3 is carboxylic acids, anhydrides, esters, and amides. And level 4 is carbon dioxide. So the oxidation reactions and their common oxidizing agents are in this big diagram. And I can... don't know if it's worth it for me to read through it or not. Um... Actually, I think it will be. Okay, so to go from an alcohol to an aldehyde, you need to use PCC or CRO3 slash pyridine. From alcohol to ketone, you need to use PCC, CRO3, or pyridine. For aldehyde to carboxylic acid, you can use H2CRO4, KMNO4, or H2O2. For alcohol to carboxylic acid, you can use KMNO4 or H2CRO4. For alkane to carboxylic acid, you can use KMNO4. And for alkene to aldehyde or ketone, you can use O3, then zinc or O3 then CH3SCH3. For alkene to carboxylic acid or ketone, you can go O3 then H2O2, or you can do KMNO4, heat, and H3O+. For alkyne to carboxylic acid, you can do O3 then H2O2, or you can do KMNO4, heat, and H3O+. For alkene to diol or vicinal diol, the reagents are OSO4, or you can do KMNO4 and HO-. For alkene to epoxide, you can use MCPBA, for diol to aldehyde, you can use NaIO4, PBOAC4, HiO4, and then for, or those are each three separate reagents that you can use. And then for ketone, to go to ester, you use MCPBA. Okay, so for reducing action, re agents and reactions, it's a decrease in oxidation state. Uh, it's when a carbon, when a bond between a carbon atom and an atom that's more electronegative, then carbon is replaced by a bond to an atom that's less electronegative than carbon. So you increase the number of bonds of, to hydrogen and decrease it to other atoms uh, like carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, or halides. So good reducing agents include sodium, magnesium, aluminum, zinc, which have low electronegativities and ionization energies, and metal hydrides are also good because they have the hydride ion. Aldehydes and ketones will be reduced to primary and secondary alcohols. This is exergonic but slow without a catalyst. Amides can be reduced to amines using LiAlH4. Same reducing agent will reduce carboxylic acids to primary alcohols and esters to a pair of alcohols. Um, and so the real theme here is that re reduction reactions tend to feature an increase in the number of bonds to hydrogen and reducing agents contain metals bonded to a large number of hydrides. So again, aldehyde to primary alcohol is LiAlH4 or NaBH4. Ketone to secondary alcohol is LiAlH4 or NaBH4. Amide to primary amine is LiAlH4 or ether, and then H plus or H2O. Carboxylic acid to primary alcohol is LiAlH4 and ether, and then second step is H2O. And ester to primary alcohol is LiAlH4 or ether, and then H2O as a second step. So the preferential reaction of one functional group in the presence of another functional group is termed chemoselectivity. Uh, which site is the reactive site of a molecule depends on the type of chemistry that's occurring. So 
Redox reagent will act on the highest priority functional group, so a molecule with an alcohol and a carboxylic acid. The reducing agent is probably going to act on the carboxylic acid. And for a reaction involving nucleophiles and electrophiles, reactions also tend to occur at the highest priority functional group because it has the most oxidized carbon. Um, so a nucleophile is looking for a good electrophile. The more oxidized the carbon, the more electronegative groups around it, the larger partial positive charge it will experience. So carboxylic and acids and their derivatives are the first to be targeted by a nucleophile, and then aldehyde or ketone, and then alcohol or amine. And aldehydes are more reactive towards nucleophiles than ketones because they have less steric hindrance. And a common reactive site is the carbonyl carbon. So it's found in carboxylic acids, their derivatives, aldehydes, ketones. Uh, it acquires a positive partial charge or a positive polarity due to the electronegativity of the oxygen, so it becomes electrophilic and a target for nucleophiles. The alpha hydrogens are much more acidic than in a regular CH bond due to the resonance stabilization of the enol form, and these can be deprotonated easily with a strong base, forming an enolate, and this becomes a strong nucleophile, and alkylation can result if good electrophiles are available. Second reactive site is the substrate carbon in substitution reactions, so SN1 reactions. Uh, have to overcome the barrier of carbocation stability, and they prefer tertiary to secondary carbons as reactive sites and secondary to primary. For SN2 reactions, which have a bigger barrier and steric hindrance, methyl and primary carbons are preferred over secondary, and tertiary carbons won't react. And this is all because of the mechanism. So steric hindrance describes the prevention of reactants at a particular location within a molecule due to the size of the substituent groups. Um, so SN2 reactions won't occur with tertiary substrates, so this is characteristic of steric protection. Um, it's useful in the synthesis of desired molecules and the prevention of formation of alternative products. So bulky groups basically just make it impossible for the nucleophile to reach the most reactive electrophile, so it makes the nucleophile more likely to attack a different region. They can also come into play um, in the protection of leaving groups. So you can mask a reactive leaving group with a sterically bulky group during synthesis. Um, so there's a protecting group is what it's really called, and you can use like terp-butyl um, as a protecting group, and yeah. So the next thing is we're just going to go over some steps um, to problem solve for organic chemistry reactions. So you have to know your nomenclature. Um, you have to identify the functional groups, um, identify the other reagents. Uh, so when we're looking at, okay, so let's let's go a little bit step by step. So to identify the functional groups, what functional groups are there? Do they act as acids or bases? How oxidized is the carbon? Are there functional groups that act as good nucleophiles, electrophiles, or leaving groups? And then for reagents, again, asking if they're acid, acidic or basic, if they're suggestive of a particular reaction, are they good nucleophiles or a specific solvent? Are they good oxidizing or reducing agents? And then you want to look for the most reactive functional groups. So oxidized carbons tend to be more reactive to both nucleophile electrophile reactions and redox. Um, and then you have to note the presence of protecting groups that exist to prevent a particular functional group from reacting. Then you identify the first step of the reaction. So if it involves an acid or a base, the first step is usually protonation or deprotonation. If the reaction involves a nucleophile, the first step is for the nucleophile to attack the electrophile, forming a bond with it. And if the reaction involves oxidizing or redu reducing agent, the most oxidized functional group will be oxidized or reduced accordingly. Then just think through how the reaction will go. So did the protonation or deprotonation increase reactivity? When the nucleophile attacks, how does the carbon respond to avoid having five bonds? Does the leaving group leave, or does a double bond get reduced to a single bond, like the opening of a carbonyl? And then we consider stereospecificity or stereoselectivity. So though not all reactions are stereospecific or stereoselective, there are possibilities. So consider whether the configuration of the reactant necessarily leads to a specific configuration in the product. 
Um, serial selectivity occurs in reactions where one configuration of a product is more readily formed due to product characteristics. Um, and then if more than one product occurs, then the major one will be determined by differences in strain or stability, and more strained are less likely to form. Um, and products with conjugation are also significantly more stable. So now we'll, um, you're able to apply these rules. I don't think I will... Um, let's see. I can walk through them. Okay, so for the first one, we're going to look at reactants and reaction conditions. So we'll start with a series of reactions, including, so involving ethyl 5 oxohexanoate. So the first one is reacted with 1,2-ethane-diol and p-toluene sulfonic acid and benzene. The second one is with lithium aluminum hydride and tetrahydrofuran, followed by a heated acidic workup. And now we're going to look at the intermediates and the final product. So first, you would draw out the reactants and the reaction conditions. The molecule has an alkane backbone, a ketone, and an ester. Both of the car carbonyl carbons are electrophilic targets for nucleophiles. The carbonyl oxidants can also be reduced, and acidic alpha hydrogens are also present. For the first part of the reaction, we have a diol, which is commonly used as the protecting group for aldehydes or ketones and their nucleophiles because of the lone pairs in the oxygens in the hydroxyl groups. For the second reaction, we have a reducing agent uh, in an organic solvent. So then we have an acidic workup, which is used to remove protecting groups. So in the first reaction, both the ketone and the ester carbonyls are highly reactive. One or both of these is going to react. The diol is a good nucleophile because it has lone pairs in the oxygen atoms and the hydroxyl groups. So the presence of a diol hints at a protecting the car ketone carbonyl because diols are used for this function. So our first intermediate is where the ketone carbonyl will be replaced by a protected diether. The second reaction will be only able to proceed on the ester. LiAlH4 is a strong reducing agent, so the next reaction will be reduction of the carbonyl all the way to an alcohol. And in the final reaction, the protecting group will be removed, leaving us with our original ketone group. And this product and intermediate has no serial selectivity, and this won't be a consideration. All right, the next reaction is if ethanol is reacted in an acidic solution with potassium dichromate, what will the end product be? So we draw our molecules has an alkane backbone and a primary alcohol. They make good nucleophiles and can be oxidized. The hydroxyl group can also act as a leaving group if it gets protonated. The reagents, digromate is a good oxidizing agent and the alcohol carbon is just probably gonna react because it's the most oxidized. So the primary product of a primary alcohol and with a strong oxidant like digromate will be a carboxylic acid and another possible product could have been an aldehyde. But primary alcohols can only be oxidized to aldehydes by reagents specifically designated for this like PCC. If we start with ethanol, we'll obtain ethanoic acid after reaction with dichromate. And then again, we don't need stereospecificity and the primary product is going to be ethanoic acid. And the final reaction is going to be looking at the product of a reactant reaction between 2-amino-3-hydroxypropanoic acid and 2,6-diaminohexanoic acid in aqueous solution. So you draw up both molecules. Both have a carboxylic acid. Um, with ha which has an acidic hydrogen and electrophilic carbonyl carbon and an amino group, which is nucleophilic. The first molecule has a hydroxyl group, the second has an additional amino group and a long alkane chain. There's no additional reagents, so it'll be the properties of the two reactants alone that determine how the reaction will proceed. They could either act as the nucleophile and either could be the electrophile, so the most reactive are likely the nucleophilic amino groups attacking the electrophilic carbonyl carbon. Um, and then after we have the nucleophilic attack, carbon can't have five bonds, so the carbonyl group will open up. The hydroxyl group will be a poor leaving group, but the proton rearrangements um, turn the hydroxyl group into water, improving its leaving group ability. And then the carbonyl will reform, kicking the wa water molecule off. Um, and then 
more oxidized groups tend to be more reactive and the carboxylic acid is significantly more oxidized than the hydroxyl group. And then the amino group closer to the carbonyl carbon will react because the resulting product will be stabilized by resonance. Okay, so we're going to kind of speed through our concept summary here. So Lewis acids are electron acceptors. They have vacant orbitals or positively polarized atoms. Lewis bases are electron donors. They have a lone pair of electrons and are often anions. Bronson Lowry acids are proton donors. Bronson Lowry bases are proton acceptors. Amphoteric molecules can act as either. They depend on the reaction conditions. Water is a common example of one. And the acid dissociation constant Ka is a measure of acidity. It's the equilibrium constant corresponding to the dissociation of an acid, Ha, into a proton and its conjugate base. pKa is a negative log of Ka. Lower pKa or negative indicates stronger acid, and it decreases on the periodic table as electronegativity increases. Alcohols, aldehydes, ketones, carboxylic acids, and carboxylic acid derivatives and are common acidic functional groups. Alpha hydrogens um, connected to the alpha carbon uh, are acidic. Amines and amides are common basic functional groups. Nucleophiles are nucleus-loving and contain load pairs or pi bonds. They have increased electron density and carry a negative charge. It's similar to basicity, but it's kinetic instead of thermodynamic. And then charge electronegativity, steric hindrance, and solvent can affect it. Amino groups are common, are common organic nucleophiles. Electrophiles are electron-loving. They have a positive charge or are positively polarized, and they're more electrophilic if they're more positive. And then alcohols, aldehydes, ketones, carboxylic acids, and their derivatives can act as them. Leaving groups are the molecular fragments that retain the electrons after heterolysis, so the best ones can stabilize additional charge through resonance or induction. Weak bases make good ones, uh, and then alkanes and hydrogen, hydrogen ions are in almost never leaving groups because they form reactive anions. SN1 proceeds in two steps. First, the leaving group leaves, forming a carbocation and anion with a positively charged carbon atom. Second step is that the nucleophile attacks the planar carbocation from either side, leading to a racemic mixture of products. They prefer more substituted carbons because the alkyl groups can donate electron density and stabilize the positive charge of the carbocation, and the rate is dependent only on the concentration of the substrate, so rate equals K times RL concentration. SN2 is one concerted step. Nucleophile attacks at the same time as the leaving group leaves. Must perform backside attack, which leads to an inversion of stereochemistry. Absolute configuration is changed, so R to S and vice versa, if the incoming nucleophile and leaving group have the same priority in the molecule. Prefers less substituted carbons because the alpha groups create steric hindrance and inhibit the nucleophile from accessing the electrophilic substrate carbon. And the rate of an SN2 reaction is dependent on the concentrations of both the substrate and the nucleophile. So the rate is equal to K times nucleophile times RL concentration. Oxidation state of an atom is the charge it would have if all its bonds were completely ionic. CH4 is lowest oxidation state, CO2 is highest. Carboxylic acids and the derivatives are the most oxidized functional groups, followed by aldehydes, ketones, and imines, followed by uh, alcohols, alcohol halides, and amines. And then oxidation is increased in oxidation state and is assisted by uh, oxidizing agents. They accept electrons and they're reduced in the process. They have high affinity for electrons or unusually high oxidation state. And they often have a metal and a large number of oxygens. Primary alcohols can be oxidized to aldehydes by PCC or to carboxylic acids by stronger oxidizing agents like CRO3 CRO3 or Na2CR207. Secondary alcohols can be oxidized to ketones by most and aldehydes to carboxylic acids. And reduction is a decrease in oxidation state uh, and is assisted by reducing agents. They donate electrons and are oxidized. They have low electronegativity and ionization energy. They have a metal and a large number of hydrides. Aldehydes, ketones, and carboxylic acids can be reduced to alcohols by LiAlH4. Amines can be reduced to amides to amines, and then esters to alcohols by LiAlH4. And then both nucleophile, electrophile, and oxidation reduction reactions tend to act at the highest priority. Most oxidized functional group 
One can make use of serocantin's properties to selectively target functional groups that might not primarily react or to protect functional groups. Diols are often used for aldehyde or ketone carbonyls, and alcohols may be protected by conversion to terp-butyl ethers. So in the steps for problem solving, know your nomenclature, identify the functional groups, identify other reagents, identify the most reactive functional groups, and consider identify the first step and then consider selectivity. And with that rush, I'm going to let us stop here and I'll see you when we talk about alcohol.